free Palestine and Israel a terrorist regime which all killers scum. And if you support Israel, you're scum too. And if you support Palestine, you're scared to say it, you're also a weak, coward, sheep. Free Palestine, that's the only advice I give. What's going on guys? Today we're in the beautiful city of Dubai with the entrepreneur and ex-MMA fighter, Tam Khan. Salam brother, how you doing? Walaikum salam, I'm salam good. How are you brothers? Brother. Yes, all good. good. Alhamdulillah, man. Alhamdulillah. So for the people who don't know, um, who is Tam Khan and what does he do? That's a good question. I'm just another human being, 42 years old, living in Dubai and just, uh, you know, working hard to support the family and uh, trying to stay alive as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. It's like our seventh time here now. Yeah, seventh time. Yeah. <laughs> the weather, like, we want to, we want to move out here too, man. Like the weather's nice, halal food, you know. Yeah, you should. I mean, for me, if you're young, and I'm not sure, you guys married? No. Yeah, no. you're married. I mean, you're not married. You're single. Yeah. No children. No. Uh, nothing stopping, you know. For me, it's a risk worth taking. I think uh, Dubai, the land of opportunity, it's a networking capital of the world. Definitely. And especially if you're in the media world or whatever kind of industry, or especially this podcasts and social media and the influencer world this is the place to network everyone's here it's a hub you've got all the crypto influencers to youtubers to twitch rumble you name it so i think majority of people should be coming to here it's a new america in my opinion so Definitely. if you're young single nothing's holding you back take that risk yeah so like how did you get into mma so like you've been doing mma uh, prior to opening the gym uh, how, how did you get into mma as a kid i was always into stuff like WWE, Hulk Hogan, hmm. Bruce Lee, Mike Tyson. Yeah, I saw the Money Van in the Bank uh, Van Damme briefcase. movies, uh, Rocky, Rambo. So it's normal, it's normal for old boys to like this alpha kind of thing. Yeah, Before yeah. this degenerate transgender bullshit started and they're trying to make you wear dresses. Boys are born to like play football, be masculine, he-man, grab swords, punch each other, kick each other. So as I was a normal kid like that. I was like, look at muscles, look at these tough guys and... Uh, so I loved boxing and all kinds of martial arts. And then uh, I saw, I read, a, I bought a magazine. It was a martial arts magazine when I was younger. And it said, the Gracie brothers, the hardest family in the world. They can beat anyone. Undefeated, bare knuckle, like no rules. Mixed martial arts, it was like Valetudo it was called, which means in Portuguese, anything goes. Yeah. So I read this article. And I thought, wow, who are these guys? Amazing. Like, wow, I want to do this. Then we got a VHS tape we found in Blockbuster Video of UFC 1. A friend of mine and myself and watched it and just fell in love with it. This skinny Brazilian guy, dorky looking, choking out big muscular guys, doing techniques, making them pass out and tap. And I was like, what is this? So I kept trying yeah. it with my friends. We're choking each other, grabbing each other's ankles, trying everything. And then uh, South and High Street, where I, from Essex, South End on Sea, I walked past a restaurant and there was an advert saying, 
we teach crazy jiu-jitsu like you see in the UFC. Yeah. Well, here it was crazy. So I walked in there, met my coach, Daniel Bazaar, been best friends ever since. Mm. And the rest is history, just started training. So I was blessed that I was in a town all the way in Essex, which had the uh, reach and had the chance to learn this art of Brazilian Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, which was called then. Yeah. So it just went from there. I think that was 98, 99. So how old were you at this stage? Well, I'm born at 81, so uh, I do the math. Uh, 18, <laughs> well, I did MMA, 18, okay. 19, when I formally did like technically like the right way. So yeah. yeah. So it was in the early stages because UFC 1 was in 1993. I must have been around it in 99, seen it. Hmm. So 2000, start training. So uh, one of the, I think I was the first Asian Muslim mixed martial arts fighter as well. The first Asian the UK, Muslim? Yeah, in the UK, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was ahead of its time. So yeah, I heard you uh, also then started your promotion. So was that like shortly after? Yeah, that was, uh, we had a promotion in Essex. Hmm. My coach and manager did the UWC Ultimate Warrior Challenge. I helped develop that. I was the one of the, I think I was the main event of the first show. And uh, that was in UK. And then obviously the rest of history from that, I came to Dubai, started teaching, build academies and uh, promotions and everything. So yeah. it all stemmed from me walking past that restaurant and meeting Daniel Bazaar. Without meeting him and getting into the sport then, nothing you see now would have happened probably. Yeah. Obviously it's Allah's will, but I'm through his form, I met this guy who taught me the sport and got me into it. Yeah, so what made you make like the transition from the UK to come to Dubai? I'd come on holidays 2005 to 2006. I came on holidays and I loved it. And uh, UK, I was in a place called Bazin Town Center, which was depressing. I think it was Carlton Warehouse I was working. Oh. And I'd go, I went for a break in Pitsy. Pitsy is the pits, that's why it's called Pitsy. Well, what's that? I love it. it's, just, it's a little town, but it's just yeah, always yeah. depressing and it's gray and it was raining, it was winter. And I'm just sitting there in Tesco's Extra getting some sandwiches. And I'm sitting with a friend. I'm like, listen, I'm getting out of here. I want to go to Dubai. I came from holiday. It was lovely. Everything like yeah. this. And uh, I had a few ideas. And I said, I'm just going to go and execute them. So I'm going to pack my bags and uh, went. So you're like big on like social media, like Instagram, TikTok. How, how do you like influence people? Like, a lot of people watch you. Like, how do you motivate your following? I don't say how to motivate anyone. I've never been there. I just posted purely for the business. Like I was in the health sport, health industry and fitness. So. I used to always be in shape and look good. So the more you post that, the more guys are like, I want to look like that. How do you do this? How do you do that? I want to come to your gym. And I just transform it. I always speak out. So I'm not just got a good following and being in a circle with people like Andrew and other friends and around big sportsmen and athletes, people start to kind of follow you when they tag you. I think it's just like a domino effect. But I'm not out there to motivate anyone, to be honest. I'm just out there to speak what I think, you know? The only motivation I actually do, honestly, is for the younger Muslim youth is to incorporate and pro to like promote praying and staying close to Deen. Because I think a lot of the younger generation are lost from what I've seen. They're trying to be like this rapper, this cool. Uh, I've got the cars, watches, this, this kind of thing, which everyone goes through. But it's just got too much now. Whereas in my day, we'd be embarrassed to show haram on public, you know. We don't mm. do stupid things, but we yeah, hide yeah. it. Now they're flaunting bottles on pictures and this and that, I think it is cool. So for me, what's cool is being on Dean and praying five times and uh, not that it's even cool, it's a must. Yeah. Some people go, wow, martial arts time, you pray five times, well done. Oh, I shouldn't get a medal, I'm supposed to. You're supposed yeah. to, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That's like me walking and walking or eating or drinking. It's a must, it's a need. Yeah. So that's how far we've gone that people applaud me for doing that. So that's actually a diss in a way. So in my opinion, 
And what I'm trying to do is just trying to tell these young guys, look, I've been there, done that, seen it, had this notoriety, a little bit of popularity, been there, money, cars, holidays, private jets, whatever you think is cool, I've done it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's all for showing off, you know, it's all BS. Unless you're really earning for your family and doing good things and doing charity and looking after others, you will never feel fulfilled, you know? You mentioned, so um, you've got a good circle, you're around Andrew a lot. Um, so w did you first come across him in Essex, was it? Yeah, Andrew was on the show we started in Essex. Hmm. I think we started that show in 2004, 2005, and he was from a gym in Luton. So we'd call the local gyms to come and train. And Andrew hmm. was one of the young guys who fought, I remember it was like 16, 17. And uh, really simple looking and didn't look tough, like you think, very quiet, but he fought like a lion. So uh, yeah, it's like a network, you know, like in MMA in those days, we knew everyone knows each other from that day and stays in contact. So through there, every time you touch base on like all the social media apps and it was like that, all the fighters in that era knew each other. So we, yeah, we kept in touch a lot. And then he'd come to Dubai. When I moved to Dubai and reach out, I'm coming over, you there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was like the go-to guy in Dubai. It's like, oh, Tam's in Dubai. Love Tam, yeah. Let's go touch base with him. Like, mm -hmm. if I go to Romania, it'll be Tate. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, as Dubai, those days it was me, 2008, 2009 and onwards. So, like that, we kept in touch. And yeah, so uh, one of many people, like good guys, brothers of mine in the circle. You've got Badu Jack. You've got uh, Steven Zagal, who's a good brother of mine. Steven Zagal. Oh, he's a good, close friend of mine. So, okay. it's a huge circle in different industries, where, you know? What's your opinion on the Tate situation then? Yeah, it's just bullshit. I think uh, the world knows it. I think uh, if there was something strong, concrete, he'd be he'd be in jail by now. There's no evidence. I've looked at all the case. I've looked at everything, and it's just uh, when you become too popular and say things people don't like, and become a Muslim as well at that time, it's just pissed off the wrong people. And I'm trying to teach him a lesson, I guess. He's obviously annoyed someone in Romania. God knows who, maybe he's flirted with someone's wife. I don't know. Maybe they don't like the sound of that engine of this Bugatti driving around Bucharest. God knows, but someone's been annoyed. But if you look at the case, it's all bizarre bullshit. It's all lies. Uh, the testimony of two prostitutes saying he's done this when one is known for having 10, multi 10 cases herself of claiming men have done things. You know, mm. she's done it 10 times before. So it's a boy cry wolf kind of story. And the other one is a stripper. So, I mean, they're saying we were forced, we were forced to do TikTok videos. I mean, it's a laughable case when you look at it. Yeah. And you've got one who's accused men in the past. One of her exes has committed suicide, one's in jail. She's known for doing it. Her family, even this WhatsApp message is showing she's a liar. She's done this many a times for attention. And the other one is a stripper who wanted to be a superstar. And they said, no, we're not giving you 200,000. So, okay, I'll make a case. Yeah, three, four weeks after they make the accusations, they're in the South of France partying with Rolexes and like nice Bentley. So you tell me what you think of the case. <laughs> Have you like spoke to him about like the case and has he like yeah, spoke spoken, to you about it? You know, I've been around the people involved in seeing all the uh, documents and everything and it's laughable. I know lawyers mm -hmm. in the UK who said this wouldn't even stand. Maybe it's yeah. thrown out the window, it's, it's laughable. But again, they're trying to probably get money out of him. Who knows? Uh, they're trying to like milk him and it is what it is. But everything's from my life. Everything's a test. It's just how you take it, you know? So he's patient. It is what it is. But it's unfortunate. But I guess everyone gets the test in their life. It depends on which way you get it. Yeah. And then you said, uh, so he recently reverted back to Islam. Um, so would you say like faith impact like your day-to-day -day business? Yeah, it impacts everything. Everything, not my day-to-day -day business, but my life in general. Hmm. I think... Uh, 
that should be the foundation of everything. For example, small things like business loans, you can't pay interest, you can't get mortgages unless Islamic. There's loads of things it kind of like puts little barriers to you. But for me, in my belief, Alhamdulillah, I think if you do everything in a halal way, you'll be rewarded anyway. And what's reward is when you feel good and you know you've worked hard, you, you, feel, you have a different kind of self-reward. You feel like, you know, I'm doing my best rather than finding the easy way out of becoming drug dealer or selling alcohol or selling your soul just for cash you know yeah you feel, you feel like you have that contentment in yourself where you feel like you're, you know you're doing something right you're not on like the wrong path yeah yeah 100 percent. and tomorrow never comes we could all die now i could die sitting on this podcast have a heart attack live so when you die it's it's inevitable you know but you don't know when so then we want to be ready you know we don't want to yeah, go exactly. knowing i left this that i had big debts from doing this so you don't want regrets as well yeah so not that you know but it's just we want to go in a good way and you want your kids to eat from halal money and definitely you know so for me it should be for every muslim this should be the core principle you live by yeah let's talk about your gym the world's famous tk mma fitness oh. how, how did you uh, like start this and attract all the celebrities around the world like everyone, everyone comes here. Like this is the main hub in Dubai. I um, I started renting gyms, and when I started, it was hard. I had a few customers, two or three, and one of them was my friends. He just kept turning up to look like a number, and then I kept doing it and teaching and trying to get flyers out. And then one day, a local journalist did a news uh, article on me, and it was front page of like a newspaper here called Seven Days, which is like the Metro in UK. Free, everyone gets it. And left my number in there. The next day, bring, bring, bring is ringing, and the class was packed after that. And from there, I found investors to make a gym, and so on and so on. And had my experiences, gyms up and down, had some problems, until the point where I knew I had the formula, I knew what to do. And I thought, why am I opening names like Warriors or Glory or this and that? Let's let me do my own brand, which is there for life. So, nearly seven years ago, I did TK MMA, and. Uh, yeah, alhamdulillah, it's been, I think the gym itself, the way it looks, the outdoor area, the way we've done it with the swimming pool, yeah. sky view, mm -hmm. the MMA. And I feel like it's the only one like this in Dubai. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's original, it's not like others. You can have beautiful gyms spending yeah. millions and like marble floors, but ours is like something it's different. different. Yeah, it's it's different, like yeah. Gold's Beach, Venice Beach meets Brazil meets Thailand. So it's everything in one. And from there, just people themselves see it, like uh, big uh, influencers reach out and they've seen the gym. So for me, I'm not going to say no names, but people DM me who are celebs. So that's quite wow. Like they've seen it and heard of it. So the message you, yeah? Yeah. Well, like kickboxes. Even kickboxes, people in the uh, entertainment industry too, not even in sport. They come to Dubai, want to pass by, want to see a gym, seen it online. So alhamdulillah, thanks to social media, and done it in a good way. It's got a good uh, worldwide reach. So a lot of people, when I was in the States, people heard of it. So that was really, you know, um, humbling. So this gym is basically, it's like worldwide now because it's on social media. It's like a brand, you know, like, like a brand, yeah, yeah. we've made it a brand where it's just, it's like, a, as we say, um, we're not a gym. We're not just a fitness facility. We're a movement. That's our mm. slogan. So it's like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like especially the, the outside area, the skyline view, and it's got, you've got the rings there as well, isn't it? Yeah, a cage and a ring. And sometimes you'll see UFC fighters like Hamza train there. You'll see Conor Ben doing a workout, Ahmed Khan. What about Khabib? Yeah, we had Khabib coming to the gym. The cage itself, it's the same cage Khabib used for his training camp before. In here, in TKMMA? No, in a, he hired it in a Sheikh's gym, but they used the same cage. Same cage. Mm. Well, what what um, fight was that uh, for? Uh, the first fight in Abu Dhabi he fought. I'm not sure which one it was. Maybe uh, I'm not sure which his first fight in Abu Dhabi was. Poirier? Poirier, okay. 
maybe was that a few years back i think or maybe that one so you got some good like memorabilia as well yeah yeah there's no gyms in london like this like you got the outdoor facility as well yeah i think because the weather isn't it yeah i think if you made it in london it'd be like flooded 24 7. <laughs> you know but uh also london it's just the space it's very congested you know it's hard yeah. to find the hot huge spaces i think you have to go to the outskirts on the suburbs would, would you have a franchise like in london or yeah I've been approached many times. I'm looking to franchise, but I'm selective on where and how, and it has to be the same kind of model. Hmm. So it'd have to have the same setup and everything, you know? What about LA? LA, Saudi Arabia? Yeah, LA. Big interest in LA, some plans there. Saudi too. LA for sure, because it, it's, it fits that vibe. Fits the, the weather. weather's good as well. The weather's good. LA, Miami. Yeah, yeah. Like so, you know, who knows? Yeah, nice. Maybe 25 franch franchises, maybe bankrupt tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. That's life. Yeah, also, we're sitting in Live 20, uh, 27 today. So, um, how did that come about? What yeah, so this, I had a space here, like a studio. It was a big studio. And I used it for everything in dance. And I tried everything yoga. And it wasn't really working. It didn't suit the gym. I have a friend who introduced me to another guy. And he said, Look, he wants to see you. There's a, I told him I want to make a barbershop. He goes, Meet my friend. He has one and he'll let's see if you can uh, collab. And then I, I went to his shop. He was telling me, come to Barsha, see my place. And I just kept saying, no, I don't want to go. You know, I sound busy. Yeah. So, oh, Barsha, it's boring. <laughs> and I was in the middle of the night. I walked in, I was shocked. It was quite nice. You know, I was like, wow, this is more surprising than ever. So he came here, did the measurements. We said, let's make a collaboration here. So Lift 27, something he founded. And we've collabed, like you say, with TK here. And we opened this, I think, two months now. And as you can see, like, Decor is insane. The decor, yeah. Uh, who, yeah. Who designed it? All I know, it was made by a construction team of Pakistanis and they worked 24-7, slave labor. So, <laughs> Z, pay them their money. That's <laughs> my friend. No, amazing work. As you can see, the lighting, the marble. Friend, I think it was my friend's idea with the design. I think it was him based yeah. on his other place. But I remember he told me, let's put a Harley Davidson upside down hanging. I thought, he sounds stupid. <laughs> now, now it's there, yeah, looks Harley good. Yeah, Harley yeah. It's a real Harley Davidson. I didn't understand what he wanted to do. But yeah, everyone comes in, they love it. It's how, how is that like hanging? I don't. Yeah, that's, that's the magic question. See, that's, <laughs> that's good construction. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, we've got even like cool sneakers for sale. We've got crazy TV, yeah. six barber chairs, amazing barbers, manicure pedicure. I want to show you the rest. There's a massage room there. Okay. Uh, man, they've got everything. Coffee, we do IVs, we do everything. So it's really a amazing facility. And it's good to be part of the gym as well because like you can look after yourself as a man. You can train, work out, look good. Yeah. We've got a healthy bar. You can eat your food, have your protein shake, get Just a haircut, all in one. shower. Yeah, all, all in, in one. one. All, in one. all your grooming in one. Yeah, you don't need to go anywhere else, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, you're quite busy. So, you've got the gym. You've got the barbershop. How do you, like, manage your time while dealing with all these businesses? Yeah, I got to a point where, like, I've got good people who work with me. It's all about you have to have good people you work with. You can't do everything alone. You have, it's never Things are never done alone, like people claim. There's always teams behind you and teams mm. with you. And I've got good teams in the gym here the new restaurant we've opened so teaming and people are important you know that's very important like your management team and having to be able to relay your message and they understand exactly what you want i'm very difficult to work with i've got ocd i'm a, i can see from here like a hair on the floor or yeah something wrong so i, I need people who can understand that and not get offended but know how i want to work and how i like to and when you find that person the rest is they're, they're a mirror of you so it's basically it's much easier you know would you say that's an important part of business, like having the right, the right team? Yeah, teams, everything. Yeah. But also your staff. But you also look after your staff. You can't be, I'm a boss, like some mafia don. Like um, You have to treat them like you're on the same level yeah. and look after them. It's no egos, you know? 
because yeah. if they're not happy and they don't, then their workload and their work quality will be affected. You have to have the morale higher. So yeah. it's like a good relationship where you all get on, but they still know they have to get stuff done. But you look after them in a way where they're happy and then they'll perform. So you've got your restaurant as well, isn't it? Charcoal Garden. Talk yeah, about Charcoal that. Garden. It's like a shisha restaurant lounge. Um, yeah. When did that open? Is that that opened, I think September. September. I don't know. It's been open a month, uh, a month for six weeks. How's it going? What do you yeah, do superb. there? Superb. Like I always used to, it was an old place there, a restaurant. And I'd always sit there and eat sometimes after the gym and things like that. And I just look around thinking, it's a huge place. It looks nice. It's got potential. It was always dead. No customers. And I was thinking, mm. what? Like no one's managing it. No one cared. There's a guy in there walking. Mm. He didn't really put effort in. So I was always speaking to the landlord, the owner, saying, look, I want to take this place. And he just, we discussed and it wasn't serious at the time. I couldn't afford what he was asking. Yeah. So I ignored it. And then last Ramadan, alhamdulillah, everything came. Just crazy convo from a joke. I sent him a video and, uh, of the restaurant. He replied and then we had a meeting a few days later and then took the place. Alhamdulillah, so yeah, re renovated, refurbed the whole place, made it new. And yeah, it's already making noises there too. We have the likes of Stormzy, Maya Jama, Demi yeah. Segal. I think I've seen Jack. that. We had the rapper Loon yesterday, you know? Loon, yeah. So it's just already taking off there too. So Alhamdulillah, you know? Like, what do you sell in there? What food have you got in there? Everything good. Like you've got Arabic, Turkish, we've got seafood, meat dishes, we've got- Desserts. Our desserts yes. are off the hook, everything. <laughs> Honestly, the food, I'm, I'm a foodie. So mm. I checked out a lot of chefs and this chef is insane. That's why I put a lot of pounds on lately. I was yeah. in good shape after my- holiday well, steaks and now and i'm getting pregnant again because i'm just <laughs> eating the food burgers every night desserts and i'm just sitting there and also the testing phase i was testing all the food with him so i was like the human garbage bag you know yeah so making people train and then go downstairs and eat your food yeah but we've got healthy options yeah life you will have everything in moderation you, you should enjoy it you can treat yourself in it downstairs yeah, yeah being extreme and just broccoli and rice and chicken all day. It gets you, boring. Yeah, you're yeah. going to go mad. Yeah, yeah, enjoy yourself a bit. Yeah, nice. so you've got the other venture. I think it's TK Business. Yeah. So that you started that recently as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's a, com uh, company a company formation company. So basically what I'm doing is guys like yourself, cash flow convos, you might want to set up a company in Dubai. You want to move here, start your business, making a bank account. So even to be a resident, you need to have a, either be an employer or have a business. So we do that for you. We'll register your business, form it, get your visas done. If you have properties, golden visa, real estate, accounts. Taxes. Taxes, everything. A to Z. And who does it yourself? You've got a team. I've got a team, yeah. Oh, I wish I could take the uh, accolades, but it's not. But uh, yeah, alhamdulillah, that's been a few weeks now. Two weeks, I think I launched. And that's really good. A lot of people want to move to Dubai. so you just, yeah, yeah, and it was always happening anyway. Everyone's reaching out to me. I want to move there. Can you help me do this, do that, that? And I was like running around anyway. Now, it's a, might as well make it into business. So Rather than it. that's that. We've got the Meisters Club also. Why is the Meisters Club? It's a VIP networking club. So you get CEOs or people of certain caliber who earn a certain amount and who work all their lives, but they don't enjoy life. Unfortunately, there's a life where people want to say, I want to be in these planes and jets. I want to go to the Maldives. I want to hang with Andrew. Say, I want to hang with Hamza. I want to hang with uh, Van Damme and whatever. Yeah. And they want to be in that live song, you know? So we offer that. It's like a networking club with like-minded people, CEOs, successful people. They meet in dinners. We have crazy things like the, we did a world record Lamborghini bull run, 50 Lamborghinis all the way to- 50 Lamborghinis? Yeah, 50, Where back to? to back. From here to Russell Kamer. Uh, yeah. We had Trey Songs. He was involved with that. Oh, We've yeah. had events with Andrew Tate. We've done a lot of things and uh, it's networking. So the next one is Mice's and Black in December the 15th. 
we're going to have 15 Rolls Royce Cullinans all in black, pick up our guests, take them to a nice resort, a networking dinner, people speak, mingle the next day, Ferrari, well, uh, Ferrari, yes, track, yes, right. sports track, oh, yes. racing track, Abu Dhabi, activities, yes. and come and finish off in Chaco Garden. So it's a networking club. You make members, you pay a membership, and you network, and you meet people. And from these, our events, we've introduced people to each other where they've had businesses from that, and they've invested in certain things we've said. So it, it does work, and we've, we're quite a good example of that. And it's now we're going to put it into the next gear and really push it to more regularly, maybe a month, an event every month and a fitness retreat and many other things. So yeah, Can anyone good. join? Yeah, anyone we'll join. VIPs only. No, it's not VIPs. Even rich, it's not about money because we sit and look at the uh, entrance CVs. We see, do we want them or not? What mm. do they bring to the table? Are they that kind of character people get on with? So we've had a lot of applicants we've denied as well because we just thought they won't, they won't fit in. It's yeah. not so much money. It's about what value you bring to the club. Yeah. So what made you think of that idea then? Just to open your own like private It's an club. issue. You see it all the time. Like I see people, how do you know him? What do you do? Uh, we'd love to do this, that. And I'd always think, why? Like, you guys are making this much money. You do, like, why haven't you done this? Why don't you do that? Yeah. So I thought, let's, let's make a place where we arrange these and they just come along. A lot of people are too tunneled into their shop money, go home, sleep, wake up, repeat, sleep, wake up, repeat, sleep, that kind of zombie lifestyle. So we're giving Matrix. Them yeah, call it a matrix, whatever you want. It helps with your mental health as well. Guys, you can't just be sitting there doing working deadlines. And everyone who's involved just messages after, man, I had the time of my life, unreal, like a Lamborghini convertible going up the mountains or just having fun on the beach with the guys. And at dinners, you're meeting these celebs or influencers and just enjoying convos, smoking cigars, whatever they want to do. Yeah. So we enable that to just, it's like a Boy Scouts on steroids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say is like the most important um, qualities of a person to become a successful businessman? It's such a hard question. What's successful? Like, for example, you could have a guy selling a little stall of Turkish ice cream. He's successful to have a stall. It depends what you measure as success. Yeah, what would, what would you For me, as? I measure it as just you have an idea, the goal, and you establish it and it's set. Hmm. Now, making it popular or not, or making it last is different. But once you've, for example, you're on a barbershop and you've opened it and it's there and you're sitting there and you've got your one chair, success, you've done it. You've had an idea and you've done it. So for me, first thing is implement it. Try what you can to do it. I know there's a lot of talk, but do your best, whatever you can do to get it done. Network, meet with people, ask questions, ask questions of people who've done it before. So if it's, for example, a barbershop, go to all barbers, how do you do this? How do you do that? What do you spend your money on? What's the best chair? What's the most common haircut? What's the common time people come for barbershops? Uh, what's the biggest problem? What's the biggest cost? Ask, annoy them. Keep going around and ask, and then that's the best way. But success is like, uh, it's a hard question. It's like, how long is a piece of string? Hmm. To everyone is different. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you could describe success, how would you describe it? It's hard to say. For me, success yeah. is for me waking up healthy and alive mm. and have my kids come and cuddle me. And that's alhamdulillah for me, success. Being able to still pray and be active and, you know, enjoy my day. That For me, that's success. Like Definitely. for me, you know, like enjoying with them, taking them to Disneyland or the games place or whatever. That's success for me. But everyone's yeah. different, you know. But just waking up healthy, just come and look. I have businesses which I enjoy which are my passions. I can come and just work out and that's, that's yeah. me working. Sit with the guys here, have a haircut. Not that I need hair, I love it, shave. <laughs> otherwise I have a helipad, I love a Shrek. <laughs> Go down, eat good food. So is it really work? Is it not like, you know, when you look out there, there's people at oil rigs, there's people, doctors and surgeons working hard. There's people, uh, construction workers. The, the hardest workers are these Asian guys who build these country, 
who are on skyscrapers building all day. That's for me impressive. The I, could, I could last one day like that. So these are the kind of guys we have to give respect to. They work. Will I say I work? Not really. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of work behind it and a lot of thinking and putting things together. But still, I give my credit where it's due to those guys. I could last a day doing what they do in that heat. Trust me. So everyone's success is different, you know? Yeah, so mm -hmm. you've automated all your businesses, basically. You've got a big team. Yeah, it's not so big. It's just good. It's a good team. Good team, yeah. Yeah. It's not about quantity. It's quality. You have to have good people around you you can trust who know how you work and who can execute without you sometimes saying they know exactly what you would say in that scenario. That matters a lot. But that takes time working with you and knowing I'm so weird and psychotic at sometimes, but they know my character, so they laugh. They can they know how to deal with me. So that's very important. Yeah, yeah. so you have to know like who you're dealing with, stuff like that. So you say that's important. Yeah, everything, how I think and this and that. And like I've got a woman who works with my assistant and she does everything. And she even doesn't tell me when there's problems because she knows I'll flip. Yeah. You know, there's something she doesn't tell me. She goes, I just thought I'd do it. I knew you would like that and this and that. That's what I mean. So your team are like your wife. Like mm. it could be a man where they're like your family. So they're that close to you with them most of the time. Majority of the time it's like school, you know. Yeah. You're there more than you're at home when you're in school. So you have to be comfortable around them and know what they're doing. And they need to know what you're doing and how you think. And it has to be that color. You lead the company and you enforce the culture you want in that company and they'll follow yeah have you had any setbacks like along the way yeah loads yeah that gym really went bust trying to get the restaurant trying to raise cash many times so many and there'll be more but yeah. that's part of the world isn't it? that's part of the game it's yeah. not like a movie where you see it's not and don't look at social media and see people living a certain way it's all fake so it's all the kids out there don't be influenced by social media influencers. They show you what they want to show you. Yeah, true. Mm. No one's going to post you. I've got a small... No, they're not going to say you I'm a man. So yeah. the realism is it's lies. It's bullshit. A lot of these cars you see are rentals. A lot of these houses, there are 20 guys there. They're, they're other people's houses. They live in life. They don't... I know so many. It's all fake. So don't be influenced by that. Just do what you can and be happy with how you are and be content. And then success comes. You've been promoting Islam like recently, like with your own podcast. Is it audio one? Yeah, I promote a lot of Islamic, like you know, like. So yeah, no way. Someone was interviewing me, and I was just giving some quotes. And there's yeah, a yeah. few pods and interviews coming out. I don't know. A lot of people have been listening as well. That's what I'm saying from London. Yeah, UK, yeah. A lot yeah. of people say, "Time can't." Say how it is, you know, like uh, people are afraid and this that, but you have to speak straight up. Yeah. People are afraid to. If you're, just be a lion and a sheep. You know, it's so important because mm. the fake ones always. They never last. Yeah. They never last. All the fake. They get under, they get uncovered sooner or later. And uh, yeah, I think just being honest always is the key. But don't sell yourself to impress someone. Even if it means you lose a. Your guys might get approached by a gambling company or a casino or a alcohol company to sponsor and put something on the mic. Yeah. But it's about you know. No it's about morals and values. Yeah, because you might say no, I've lost this much money on a deal but then the rewards much more you know yeah i feel like you have to stay true to yourself yeah you have to like it's yeah. not e if it was easy everyone would be successful or whatever yeah. you call success yeah. it's not it's hard you have to work to get things done as well you can't just think yeah let me meet him introduce me to someone it doesn't work like that you have to put the grind in yeah. and work but you have to stay close to allah so the ones who are distant they, of course why will you get success why is allah going to help you like mm. i know people who just pray when they're having a bad time as soon as there's something happens they're all celebrating and the club drinking you know i'm like Sure, that was invalid now. <laughs> but yeah, so what would you say is like the biggest lesson you've learned like in business? Just always be on top of things, I guess. Always be on top. Don't get 
uh, complacent, arrogant like you're successful and ever. Mm. Always, always look to innovate and keep it fresh. The moment you think, yeah, I've done it, I've smashed it, it's the moment you're gonna get a big shock knockout. <laughs> <laughs> well, what keeps you like, um, like being innovative and staying with like, the trends? I've got, I've got kids to feed, and mm. also that I'm just around. Young, I just look at things. I'm also have OCD. Like I see things, think that looks bad. Let's change it or let's do that. I just do things in which I think I would like, you know, as a customer. Yeah. And I travel a lot. So when I see other, I'll take off other business. Oh, that's wow, that's amazing. I was in America, that gym looks good. Go to another restaurant, this looks good. Or this is a good idea for this. So they're like that. There's many things. Like we're setting up a concierge company as well. It'll be launched in about two weeks. So when you come concierge, on holidays, so, okay. hotels, cars, um, private, whatever. Look after your stay hmm. to venues, quad bike and whatever. We do A to Z for people on holiday things. So that's another branch we're looking to get into. Oh, nice. Yeah, first time I saw you, you looked like Vin Diesel. Me, no. Yeah. Vin Petrol. You're sure you're not copying him, yeah. Vin Petrol. <laughs> Vin, what's the, what they use now? Electric. Hybrid. <laughs> Vin Hybrid. He looks like his brother. Yeah, uh, Shrek, maybe. I get more. Similar. Uh, a lot of people probably say that you look like Vin Diesel, yeah? Do you get that uh, a lot? I think it's because I'm bald with a big nose. I think I'm not sure it's a compliment or not. Just a ball man with a big nose, I think that's why I get it. <laughs> I get called everything, bro. Shrek, Vin Diesel, <laughs> Ladu Head. Who, who do you look up to anyway? Who do you uh, look up to, like, um, like training-wise or motivational-wise? Yeah, I used to do when I was younger, but now I just, of course, we only, the only person I aspire to be is like the prophet, peace be upon him. I don't look up to uh, celebs. I respect them. Yeah, yeah. I respect people like I, I, lo- I used to be, a, I loved Muhammad Ali, mm. Malcolm X. Because they're, they're men of stature, men of, they were not afraid to do and say what they want. Unlike people like DJ Khaled, these guys hiding now. Muhammad Ali was talking at a time where you could be lynched, Malcolm X as well. Hmm. He actually got shot dead for what he was speaking about, Malcolm X, you know? So <laughs> this is how powerful these um, characters are. But no, I don't, I respect many. I love, I respect what they do. I, I respect their, how they're top of their game. Dana White and what he made as a PT, a bellboy, to selling the UFC for 4.5 billion. He was a personal trainer and a bellboy. Oh, is it? Yeah. Dana White, for me, is a sign of a, one of the best businessmen I've ever seen. People like him inspire me to like work hard when I see him, where he's come from. Work hard, he works hard, yeah. Yeah, and he's like a shark, you know, and how he's innovated things and the PR machine behind the UFC built megastars. You knew these megastars because of Dana White. That's how you know Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, because of him. Like mm. Habib Hamza. You're quite yeah. close with Habib uh, Hamza, isn't it? Yeah, Hamza is a good brother of mine. Great brother. He comes here a lot, he? Yeah, yeah. Fu- yeah. He trains here. Yeah. Future UFC champ, inshallah. And uh, yeah, humble, sure. good guy, and probably the strongest guy I've ever come across. Yeah, you're wearing his, uh, his, his T-shirt. Yeah, this was not coincidence. Merch. Yeah, balls. Ooh, see, I wear things free. I'm cheap, you see? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a good fit. His yeah. balls, check it out, balls is uh, fight wear. Yeah. Okay. Well, where's Habib these days? What is he doing? Is he around? I, mean, I think he's retired. He's, he's retired, just more yeah. business, yeah. yeah. More of a family man. He nice. doesn't train. He just he trains, but I don't think he doesn't compete. And he's not in the sport. He doesn't coach. So he just does talks. He's become like an ambassador okay, yeah. for the sport mm. and Islam. And he's much like really one of the nicest guys in the world. And he's just doing his thing, I guess. Doing his thing, yeah. I thought he had a gym in Abu Dhabi, was it? Habib. Yeah, he's got Khabib gyms. They're opening Abu Dhabi, I think, in Doha too. A chain of gyms. So that's another avenue he's going into, which is very good. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. It's good for athletes and fighters, not just to be tough guys in the gym and in a cage, but to make good investments after because the game, you have a small timeline and not everyone's going to be blessed like Khabib and Connor with money. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of these fighters yeah. should look into other avenues, you know? Yeah. So uh, you're very productive with all your businesses and stuff. So what would you say is your favorite productivity hack? 
for me, it's hard. I hardly sleep. I don't sleep. I've got. I try my best. Yeah. Four or five hours a day max. So I'm up early. So I think starting the day early, you got more hours in the day. Early, is the yeah. key. So post fudge just awake. Do your thing. Get it all out of the way. Then you have time for your family. You have time. To tr- you have time for everything. Yeah. I mean, twenty four hours is a long time, bro. It's a long day. Yeah. Well, what's your daily routine like then? It's actually like you'll be shocked. A lot of people go. You work out. You eat good. No. So I'll sleep two, three, wake up for Fajr, then I'm up, kids are up, streaming around the house, they go to school, I go to the gym, I have to work out in the morning, then I get done with the business in the gym, all the stuff goes on. Mm-hmm. Then from there, I go down to the restaurant for the lunchtime, go through numbers, stocks, what's good, what's not, yeah. having meetings with that. Then from there, the kids finish school, I'll go home, chill with the kids, get that time in, then I come back 5 p.m., to 6 p.m. to the gym and evenings. It's very busy peak time, so you've got to deal with a lot of things. We've got tax, yeah. to salaries, to new equipment, to renovations, to expansions, to complaints, to everything. And evening, that starts with a restaurant yeah. peak time, so you have to go and deal with that. So I'm there to have my meetings and people want to come to the restaurant to see me and you don't have to go to, uh, entertain people and things like this. So yeah. I get home 12, 1, 2, by the time I sleep again, three, and repeat. Then if I've got events like Meisters, weekends were away. Then in between that, I'm filming, doing content for the TK business, mm. also content advertising for the gym. So I have a, a team who want me to do like videos, short videos and talking. Okay. So tomorrow I'll be in the morning, I have to do an hour filming for the restaurant and go back. Then in the evening, I have guests or whatever. Like, So a lot of it is networking and meeting people and talking. It's just, it's, it's draining, but... Mm. That's a typical day, but I get a workout in there. And then my first meal, I have intimate fast every day. So I eat my first meal, usually eight, seven, eight, nine PM. You fast every day? Yeah. Well, today I, before I knew I'd be here, then I'm going to be working in the gym. We're going to be moving equipment. So I'll be an all nighter. So I had some food before I got here, but usually yeah, seven, eight PM. Yeah. You normally have a haircut, is it on the beach or is it on the palm? Yeah, What's that? I think I saw that video. Yeah, that's yeah. like some <laughs> celebrity barbers. We thought we did some content. Huh? Content. So, yeah. yeah. That was in my guard, like behind my garden. But usually it's here, I sit here, this is my chair, yeah. have a haircut and shave. But even today, I knew I'd be late, so I shaved it myself with my razor. Yeah. And I need to fix the beard, but I just thought, no time, let's do it. No, it looks right, man. Yeah, I just quick one with a big Mac 3, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the lighting here and stuff, like the decors. Yeah, decors good. Even yeah, the hallway unique. walking in here, it's like you have an epileptic fit when you yeah. walk in. <laughs> you either love it or you hate it, but it's different, you know? It's different. Yeah, yeah, cool yeah. little concepts. No, got, I think it's like it's Insta- Instagrammable. Like. Yeah, you've got that portrait of Sheikh Mohammed. It's mm. cool, but his famous quote, and uh, that's handmade with some kind of tiling thing. We've got these new sneakers in. You got to see our Haman is in gold. It's got Rolls Royce lighting on the roof. What in there? The Haman. Yeah, I'll share it after. It's crazy. Yeah. So if you were to give advice to your younger self, what would you say? If I was younger self, I would have said, look, become better Muslim earlier. Stop doing the stupid things when I was younger. Keep consistent with prayers and stay good, close to God. All the youngers always, my prayers, be good, good to your family, respect your family. Always listen to your mother. Yeah. Your mom's always right. When you're older, you realize your mother is always right. <laughs> Unless she's a serial killer or like whatever, yeah. That's yeah. my advice. Always listen to your mum. She's always right. What about the youth? Well, what do you reckon of the youth? As in, what would you advise them to do? Business, work. What do you What do you recommend? Whichever they like. Like both is good. Like not everyone's lucky to have that risk of doing business. So I won't say mm. everyone do business. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Nothing wrong with working nine to, uh, nine to eight, nine to five grafting. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. 
I respect that more than what I do. A guy who works at McDonald's or a guy who works on the trains or whatever. That's hard work, hard-earned money. This depends on your life and everyone's different. Everyone has that different chance. It's luck. Mm. It's from a lot. Honestly, 99% is luck. It's opportunity. It's risk. It's meant to be. So my opinion is just try your best and do what you can. As long as you're secure, you've got a roof over your shoulders. Yeah. And you've got food on your table. Then you're successful. That's the goal. Even as long as you've got necessities. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's all that matters. Then what's, the rest is a bonus, huh? Yeah. The lifestyle. You know, yeah, the lifestyle. It's, it's a bonus. It's not needed. The lifestyle. It's, a, it's a want. Yeah. That's why people in poorer countries are happier, you know, than the West. Yeah, they are. Everyone's they are. watching yeah. social. I need this. I need this car. I need this woman. Like, it's just cringe. Like you don't, you don't need it. It's all social. What's media. next? Yeah. When you get that, what's next? There's always a better and stronger and richer and better looking and whatever. Yeah, I seen. I think I seen a meme where it was like. So there's a guy walking and he there was another guy on, on, on a bike and the guy was like, oh, I want the bike. And the guy on the bike was like, oh, I want that car. And the car, the guy in the car was like, oh, I want that plane. So I feel like there's always, yeah, there's always like something better. So you would yeah, never be. Like, look, it's, it's just, just whatever you're capable of doing, just try and work. And hmm. that's my goal. And we stay close to God because then the reward will come 100%. If you do good and you're by Allah and you're on, on the good path, I promise you the rewards are good. Definitely. Yeah. How would you advise someone if they wanted to um, become like a, a businessman in Dubai? First of all, reach out to tkbusiness.com <laughs> and we'll get your company up and running. Yeah. But, uh, it depends like what you want to do. It's yeah. like me saying to you, how long's a piece of string? Yeah. How long's a piece of string? Obviously, it depends on it. Right. <laughs> it depends on everything. So it depends on what you want to do. It looks easy. Dubai is very expensive now. Yeah. It is very expensive too. So for me, there's an opportunity everywhere in the world. It is a networked capital of the world, but there is opportunities everywhere. Whatever your idea is, you could do it anywhere. Hmm. If it's good, it'll work. Just think, am I, can I afford it? Can I go? Can I take the risk? Uh, have I got the capability to do six months without making any money? You've got to look at all these factors because it's going to be hard. And you've got to come here and not just sit on beaches and tan and yeah. run around and you've got to do selfies. Work. You have to go network and what, know, graft. Yeah. You have to run around and hustle. Yeah. How's Dubai lifestyle anyway? So like, What's the day to day here? How is it? So, yeah, Dubai is amazing. For me, it's a safety factor. It's such a safe country. Um, the weather's superb. It's a Muslim country. You can pray everywhere, everywhere you go. You can wash. Look at the bathrooms. Go into a mall. See in the bathrooms. Go yeah, into yeah. the. It smells like oud. Go everywhere. to Oxford Streets. <laughs> go to Oxford Streets bathroom. It looks like a crack den. And <laughs> it smells it's like oud everywhere here. Yeah, yeah, it smells yeah, yeah. cleanliness. Nice. Safety is a factor when you have family. So, Dubai is it's like, it's an amazing lifestyle. It's very relaxed. And when you wake up and you see the sunshine, it makes you feel better. So I, I understand why people in the UK always grouchy in the winter. When you wake up, it's dark. It's raining. You come home, yeah, yeah. it's dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's depressing, you know, it does your head yeah. in. But uh, Even here, like in the hotels, like you hear the Azan, at Fajr, it's also like peaceful. So I feel like yeah, the hotels, the service. Look yeah, at the service where you go. Five star everywhere. Everywhere. You can go to hospitals Respect. here. Look the floor clean. The hospitals are that clean. Yeah, Literally, yeah, yeah. go to a hospital in the UK. You come out with a disease when you go to the hospital. <laughs> So, yeah, I literally do. Yeah. And uh, I think it was MRSA or something it was called. We used to get diseases going to hospital. So, yeah, Dubai, I think this, what the rulers have done is amazing. They've made yeah, it's very clean, yeah. a, a place, the UAE, a country which is just perfect for living. Yeah. It's actually a dream. Where do you stay anyway in Dubai? What area? Um, it's close from here. It's Palm Jumeirah. Oh, on the Palm, yeah. yeah. Palm. It's nice beach and everything. So. Kids yeah. love it. It's, it's a bit nice. more quiet. The downtown's a bit more busy. Traffic. It's more family, and you've got you have a beach, and you have a private beach, and so you can run around with kids. And 
you wake up to the sea. I like to see the sea. I'm, I'm an Essex boy. Yeah, yeah. My whole old house, the view was the sea, so I'm used to it. See, yeah. I'm a sea seasider, so I need to always have the sea near me. You've also got the, is it the pitch, the football pitch, the rooftop one? I've seen a video. Where oh, you're yeah, no, that was an uh, activation for the World Cup. So that was the famous hotel in the Palm. Okay. And we did an activation with my uh, friend, Sean Freestyler. Right. So we did a, for a month of the World Cup, we did a podcast and we interviewed football players and this and that. Okay. And he did kick ups on the roof. It was crazy. It was insane. The yeah, view. I saw a video. We had a boot camp there and the, I think security stopped us from playing football there because we kept kicking the kicking ball and they thought it'd go off the f 30, 50 floors down and hit someone. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the buy for you. I mean, you've had the Virgil Arab, they've done tennis on the helipad. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had anti Joshua boxing. boxing. boxing anti Joshua was there boxing. You had, oh, crazy. I think, Agassi or uh, Roger Federer played tennis there. Tiger mm. Woods played golf there. So the buy always does it different, you know? So yeah, it's always definitely. unique, isn't it? Yeah, it's unique. And it's. Uh, it, it's a place where you can do these things, you know. I know people are doing like property investment. What's your opinion on that? Have you got into properties or? Real estate's a massive business. I think being a real estate agent is a good role because uh, everyone's buying here. Everyone's. Because yeah, yeah. Ukraine, all the Russians came and threw their money here. Chinese are here. Every race spends here. Every race. And the market is just going bang, 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 bang. Oh. But to yeah. invest is hard now because it's going so expensive. I always say London's the best place to buy real estate because it's secure for life and it always goes yeah. up. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? To be honest, it wouldn't matter to me because I'll be dead anyway. So I don't know, remembered or not after. I'll be just trying to see if I can, inshallah, get to heaven. But I mean, just be a straight up honest guy. Whatever people think of me, they love me, they hate me, they dislike me, whatever. No one can say he's a thief. He's a criminal. He steals money. He's dodgy. Everyone will say he's like this direct and straight to the point. Yeah. So alhamdulillah, I'll be just known as a straight, straight up person. That's it. That's what I want to remember this. And uh, no BS. Definitely, man. So you met Andrew Tate and uh, Steven Seagal. Uh, how, how was your meet with Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal was a cool guy, very good guy. I was raised watching his movies, so it was surreal for me. Me and my brother used to watch his films and reenact his fight scenes. So he's a really good, really good guy. He's like a brother to me. We meet a lot. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, funny how people I used to watch on TV, like friends and acquaintances of mine. Yeah, thank you, uh, Tam, for joining us. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast with our last question. Does money buy happiness? No, obviously it doesn't because you've seen millionaire, billionaires, superstars, Hollywood actors who have it all, as they say, commit suicide. So obviously there's something missing from their life, why they feel so down. And they, to us, you think, oh, they've got the money, they've got the girls, they've got this, mm -hmm. yet they're unhappy. So that tells you all. No, it doesn't. I mean, this whole bullshit saying, oh, I'd rather cry in a Lamborghini and this goes viral and everyone laughs. What buys happiness is being content, being strong, uh, close to the creator. Know your purpose of life. Yeah. And then that's happiness. So, you know, we're all going to die one day. So, yeah, I mean, enjoy things if you can afford to. Yeah, but that's like a temporary rush, a few minutes, a few days, and that's it. Hmm. You can buy a car in about two weeks, you're bored. So, no, it doesn't. And I think the only thing which brings happiness is being close to God and content and knowing your purpose of life and being around all loved ones and, just being the best you can be and raising your kids to be the best they can be. And when you go, you know that you've built some foundations for them and you are the best you could be as a Muslim or whichever you are, religion. Definitely, yeah. Well, I uh, appreciate your time and uh, thank you for coming on and joining us today. Yeah, thank you for coming on Cashflow Converse podcast and hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Pleasure, and, pleasure. Uh, Good luck inshallah. with all your endeavours in the future, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Guys, if you'd like to learn more about Cashflow and businesses, make sure you subscribe 
and uh, we'll see you in the next one take care guys take Bye. Care.